quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Always have a willing hand to help someone. You might be the only one who does. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Welcome back, best ever listeners, to another episode of Passive Investor Tips. I'm your host, Travis Watts. In today's episode, what we're talking about is teaching kids about money and five tips to help them master the game. Disclaimers, as always, never financial advice, not telling you or anyone what to do with your money. So please seek licensed financial advice. And with that top of mind, First of all, I'm a proud parent of a two-year-old. And as much as I would love to have this conversation with him, it's gonna be a few years. So what I thought I would do instead in this episode is share with you what I've done so far with my four nephews from my two sisters and what impact that's had in terms of finance and investment. I've been able to watch them grow and mindset and skill set over the past few years. And there's five things that really stand out that I think have had the largest impact. And that's what we're going to cover in today's episode. Whether you're a parent, a grandparent, an uncle or an aunt, or you just have kids around that you want to teach about finances in one form or another, this episode is for you. Let's dive in. And the first thing that I started them out with is reading. And it's how I started my journey as well. Books started to open my mind to other possibilities outside of what I was being taught in school. And I also realized this though, if I were to get them this master book that was 400 pages in length and super dense and overly complicated, number one, they're not gonna read it. Number two, they're probably not going to understand it. So I started with a couple books that were very short. They were 100 pages or less. They had pictures and quotes that took up a lot of those pages anyhow. So quick and easy read. Could take as little as a few hours to read them or a few days. You know, kids are busy with school and with sports and with friends. So the last thing they wanna do is have extra homework on top of their homework to have to do. So this was a short and simple way to start the journey. The first book that I chose was Rich Dad's Escape from the Rat Race, How to Become a Rich Kid by Following Rich Dad's Advice. This was written by author Robert Kiyosaki. It's only 64 pages. It's a little mini book designed for kids. Very easy to read, and it's labeled ages six and up. The next book I bought was How Rich People Think. It was the condensed version by Steve Siebold. It's 168 pages, but again, there's a lot of infographics in there and a lot of quotes. So that's a very small book too with large font. So realistically, you're probably reading about 50 to 60 pages. I read it in a matter of two days. And I actually got a lot of value as an adult reading this book. It really helps articulate how you can think differently, how you can think like an entrepreneur or like an investor, and how wealth is really created in the modern day era. I really believe that these books help build the foundation that we could then build upon as we had more and more discussions on investing. They started reading these books around the age of 15, just for some perspective. But again, that first book I mentioned, the Rich Dad book, says ages six and up, just for a little perspective. So once they read those two books, I started getting specific books 
tuned into each of my nephews based on what they said they wanted to learn next. And that way the interest was there and I wasn't just recommending books that they felt like they had to read as some kind of obligation. There's literally hundreds of great books to choose from. If you want more book ideas, reach out to me on social media. Number two was having discussions just simply around personal finance. I'm a big believer in personal budgeting and building a strong foundation when it comes to personal finances. Again, that was part of my upbringing and my story. So let's say that my nephews had saved up $1,000 and they're wondering where to put it. Should they put it in the stock market or into real estate? Well, in often cases, the answer is neither because why make an 8 to 10% return when you could make a much higher percentage return by focusing on your personal finances. Now, here's how we do that. Let's say one of my nephews wants to buy something with their $1,000. You fill in the blank, doesn't matter. It could be a new pair of shoes, new pair of headphones, a lacrosse stick. Well, they could think about it through different lenses. They could say, well, what if I could buy this used instead of new and get a 50% discount? Or what if I could wait for an annual sale and get a big discount on the item? Or what if I don't even use my own money to buy it because I have the ability to wait a little bit? I could put it on a birthday list or a Christmas list and not even have to come out of pocket? Or what if they just realize in general, this isn't that important to me, so maybe I shouldn't spend my money on it in the first place? So money habits can be even more important than investing when you're starting out with smaller amounts of capital. It's a great first step to get you to the next step, which is investing. And this is why a lot of highly paid people end up broke, whether it's lottery winners or celebrities or professional athletes, you name it. I'm a big advocate for learning the basics about money management before you even think about investing, or you might end up just blowing the money anyway once you make it. Think about it this way. If they took their $1,000 and invested it into something and made a 10% annualized return, that's gonna give them $100 by the end of the year. But if instead they were needing to purchase something for $1,000 and they could get it for a 50% discount, that's a $500 net savings. So in other words, that's a five times higher return on investment compared to investing. Or let's say they get a little bit older and they rack up a little credit card debt, which I hope they don't do, but you know, it could happen. It's a possibility. And they're paying 17% interest on the debt. Just having the ability to recognize that maybe paying down that debt is a better ROI compared to investing can be gold. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you raising capital for commercial real estate ventures? To make sure you comply with security laws and structure your deals correctly, talk to syndicationattorneys.com, your premier legal resource for real estate syndicators and fund managers. Syndicationattorneys.com dedicates its practice to helping real estate syndicators and fund managers legally raise capital from private investors. Their experienced team has helped create over $2.75 billion in security offerings, making them industry leaders in the capital raising space. To get a free copy of their book, How to Raise Capital for Real Estate Legally, go to syndicationattorneys.com or text the word FAIRLESS to 844 844- Seven nine six three four two eight. That's Fairless F A I R L E S S to eight four four 
796-3428. Launch and grow your business with syndicationattorneys.com today. This offer is not valid to Florida residents. Moving on to number three, I set each of them up with brokerage accounts so that I could teach passive income investing. There's so many stocks and ETFs and investment products that can produce monthly dividends for investors. And now, while this may not be my number one approach or preference, it's great for them because a brokerage account is often free to set up with a big brokerage house. The minimum to put into that account can be extremely low, 50 to $100 that you need to maintain in the account. And they get the benefit of monthly distributions and watching their investments grow and compound over time. Initially, I set these up when they were minors under the age of 18 and they were custodial accounts and I was their custodian. And by the way, you can do this for anyone. It doesn't even have to be your own kids. It could be grandkids or in my case, my nephews. So something to note, a lot of people don't know that. Once they turn 18, it's as simple as making a quick phone call and that account gets established into a regular brokerage account. And then I go away as the custodian and they have full control over the account. I also chose a brokerage account specifically rather than a college savings account or a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or something like that because it's not dependent on having a job or a specific income and there's no income thresholds and phase outs and there's no clause about you have to be 59 and a half before you touch these funds. It has total flexibility and literally hundreds of thousands of options of things that they can invest in. And if they so choose, they can use this later in life for a down payment on a house or discretionary spending if that's what they wanna do with it. And it's also an account they can have for the rest of their lives. They don't have to change it up at a certain age for any reason. Number four is gift giving. Now, this was a major pain point in my life. So when they were really young and growing up, I used to get them birthday gifts and Christmas gifts, and I would always try to do some research on what's trending and what's the coolest, latest trend or fad or toy. And it was a pain point because they didn't know who even got them the gift in the first place. Then they would go and break the gift or they would lose it. I mean, rarely did any of these gifts last more than one year, and they just didn't appreciate it. So I began turning their gifts into contributions for their brokerage account. Whether it was a graduation, a birthday, a Christmas, I would give them money for their brokerage account. And that became something very exclusive between me, their uncle, and my nephews. No one else was contributing towards it. No one else had any interest in teaching this. So it was something that hopefully they continue to value and cherish and they realize the real impact over time. And that becomes one of the best gifts that they were ever given. And number five is mentorship. I'm a firm believer in mentors. I've used them for years, but the problem is they can be hard to find or they can be very expensive. So I thought, why not me be their mentor for free? So every year I make them all an educational video about finance and budgeting and investing, and I let it be known time and time again, I'm always here for you. You can always reach out if you have questions or you're looking to buy your first home or you wanna learn about how credit works or you're scared to go into debt and what you can do about that. And I also share the tips, the tricks, the strategies, the real life case studies that can help boost their success. 
And this is probably the best value that I can really give them because frankly, I'm not great at many things in life, but this is a true passion and interest of mine and something I've got quite a bit of experience in and I can share that with them. And to recap mentorship, investing in commercial real estate as I do today didn't become a reality for me until I found a couple mentors who mentored me. And this is what they happen to do for the last 20 plus years. And I guess sometimes seeing is believing. So with all of this, hopefully a few ideas to toss around, whether you're a parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, or there's anyone that you want to share this information with, consider being a mentor for them. There's a great quote that I love by Roy Bennett, and he said, always have a willing hand to help someone. You might be the only one who does. Something to think about here for the week. You're listening to Passive Investor Tips right here at Best Ever. Please like, share, and subscribe really helps the channel, the algorithm, and videos and podcasts like this reach more viewers like you. Have a best ever week, everyone. We'll see you soon in the next episode. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so, Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.